Well, welcome back to Northridge for the middle part of our Double Dog Dare series. And um, very simply put, for this Double Dog Dare series, uh, we are giving you smart dares. You remember those dares when you were a kid? You know, they were stupid dares. Uh, those are not what we're giving. We're giving smart dares, and these are dares that we know if you take them on, if you accept them and really lean into these, they will give you the life that you've always wanted and the life really even more important than that, that God has always wanted for you and that God created you for. And so that's what we're going through today. Well, uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, uh, for the, you've never been here before. I know some of you that is the case. And so we we want to say welcome to you. We're glad to have you here. And, uh, and we want you to know one other thing, and that is this is a safe place for you. This is really important to us. And so we always say this because we want this to, uh, you to understand this. This is a safe place for you. No matter where you're at with God, this is a safe place for you. Uh, if you've just started a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a really long time, or you're here and you would say, I don't even know where I'm at with God. Uh, I don't even know if I believe in God, honestly, uh, or the Bible and all that, we just want you to know this is a safe place for you, and this is a place where you can explore what that really looks like on a really relevant, really daily basis to follow Christ. Um, So today I want to start by talking about lasers. Um, Lasers is one of those inventions, really incredible inventions, that uh, you take an immense amount of light and or power and you put it into a really tiny beam. Now, we could use, you know, we use lasers for all kinds of things. We might use lasers, like if I wanted to highlight something on the screen, I could use a laser pointer. Um, We use lasers for things like surgery, like eye surgery, things like that. But if you think about a laser, what is really critical about a laser? What makes a laser a laser? What makes it useful? The, the, The thing that makes a laser useful is its focus. It's the fact that it can have pinpoint accuracy. I mean, if you think about eye surgery, I think we want it to be really, really accurate, right? Because, I mean, we're talking about doing something very, very intricate. The focus, the key, the important factor in a laser is its focus. And so uh, there's another thing that I want to bring up. Another example of this uh, is the sun's light. Okay, If you have the sun, it can do a lot of damage. It can fade things out. But what's really cool about the sun's light is if you take a magnifying glass, some of you maybe tried this when you were a kid, right? Some of you remember these days. And you take a a magnifying glass and you can take the sun's light and you can really focus it, refract that light down to a very tiny, very specific point uh, on the ground or on wood or whatever. And I want to give an example of how this can be really cool, can be really an, an amazing thing that you can use. There's a, an artist, he's from the Philippines, his name is Jor- Jordan Mangosan. And uh, Jordan Mangosan, he has this very special way that he does art. He takes a magnifying glass and he burns um, intricate designs into a huge piece of wood. Now, the only time that this guy, Jordan, actually touches the wood is just to sketch out the picture, just kind of to sketch the picture on the piece of wood. But then after that, the only, he doesn't touch it any more than that. After that, he only uses a magnifying glass. Can you imagine how long this takes? And he actually burns pictures into the wood. And I think I, yeah, you can kind of see, I, I, you can imagine it takes him months just to make one picture. Because he literally has to sit there and, and focus that light, refract that light through the magnifying glass there. And, uh, and he makes this. And I think we have a picture of a finished product. This is one of the pictures that he's made using just a magnifying glass and sunlight. Isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that amazing? What that shows us is the power 
of focus. The power of focus. The fact that we can make and do amazing things with the power of focus. This is why I bring this up. Last week, if you were here, and if you weren't, then I'll explain this. But last week, we dared you to do something pretty amazing, pretty powerful. And it was an intense day. Uh, it was one of those days where we were dealing with a lot of stuff in our life. And, and we dared you, basically, it was very simple. We dared you to make the change that will change your life. That's what we dared you. Now, the, the truth is, we gave you all kinds of different challenges, all kinds of different changes that you can make. Some of you uh, made a lot of things. And by the way, let me just tell you, God is doing some amazing things in our church and through the people in our church. Um, I have talked to lots of people as a result of last Sunday and people that got really serious about making changes in their life, changes that they knew needed to happen a long time ago. And in fact, I have appointments set up this week too to talk to people about that, that same thing. Again, uh, God is working. And the question is simply, are we on board with him? And, uh, and I can just tell you, I'm really, really excited. And so we, we, we tossed about all kinds of different changes and different things that you could uh, do uh, to, to shift in your life. And we talked about the fact that we all have inertia. We all have this tendency, this inertia, to want to stay the same, right? We always want to do say, same, things the same way, the, the same routines, the same way. I want to react the same way. I, I want to not like that person the same as I always have. You know, we want to stay the same. We have that inertia in our lives. We have this, this tendency. And, and we talked about that, but we had all these changes. Well, today... Believe it or not, even though last week was tough, this week is harder. This week is much harder. Because this week, we're not going to just throw out that we have to make a general change. This week, we are talking about slaying the dragon. And, uh, and maybe some of you, you've seen the double dog dare. You've seen, hey, we get to defy the waves. We get to you know, do all this stuff. But then maybe you saw that one in the middle that said, slay the dragon. And if you're like some people, I've gotten a lot of questions from people. They're like, uh, what's that about? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Slaying the dragon. Well, I'm going to tell you what the dragon is today. Everyone in here has a dragon in their life. Everyone in here. Every person who's ever existed has a dragon in their life. And I'm going to explain what the dragon is, and then you'll understand what I mean when I say everyone has a dragon. But we're going to talk about focus today. We're going to focus on one thing. Now, for every one of us in here, it's going to maybe be a slightly different dragon. It's going to be a little bit different. But the key to this today is that you are able and you are willing to focus on that one thing in your life that we're going to talk about today. Your dragon. What do I mean by dragon? When I say we're going to slay the dragon, what do I mean by that? A dragon is very simply this. It's a habit or a tendency or routine, or a, uh, just, it, it is, it's a tendency, maybe it's a sin, in fact, it probably is, a sin, something that you know you've always dealt with in your life, and you've never quite been able to take care of it, you've never been able to do, defeat it, to get rid of it. It's that one thing that always gets you down, it's that one thing that always trips you up. It could be an addiction. It could be, uh, again, as a habit. It could be some tendency that you have. But it, it, it's a sin. It's something that is always has always been in your life. And it's that one thing that you just can't seem to get past it. It's your dragon. It's your dragon. And everybody has a dragon. 
Everybody has a sin. Everybody has that thing that really is just hard to deal with for them. Something that they can't defeat. It's something that has never changed, but has needed to change. And can I tell you, I just, uh, I, I kind of started feeling this, this even this morning, but, um, and I've shared this with you before at other points, just very, it doesn't happen often, but this was one of the hardest weeks for me. Just personally, family, just everything. And I, and I, and almost every single time, what happens when I have that kind of a week is I know that the enemy is trying to get me down because he knows that God is going to do something today. In fact, I already know it's true because God already did something pretty amazing last service. And, and I also noticed that, uh, and by the way, I, I, I've noticed that a lot of other people have had a hard week this week. You know why I think that maybe that is for some of us anyway? And by the way, my wife came in and I knew that it was a rough deal in the morning with the kids. You know, you know how that is? I mean, you don't have to ask about that like you see it. You know, when she came in this morning, I was like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> That's how this has gone this morning. And she told me right away, you know, because that's what we do. We, we kind of do that, and then I can help encourage and help support. It was a rough morning. I think that there's a reason why that is. And I think that, that the enemy knows that God wants to do something this morning. And some of you are going to be a part of that. And we just need to listen. Because God is ready to work. He's ready to move. And he's ready to hit hard. And some of you are not ready for it. Some of you are not prepared for it. Some of you don't want it. But I'm just telling you that it's ready. And we've already seen it last service and this morning with some people already. So just be ready because we need to slay the dragon. But everybody has a dragon. Let me give you some examples. Did you know that everybody in the Bible even has a dragon? A lot of people think that, you know, God put people in the Bible because, you know, it's like David and Goliath. They're like, oh, David slew Goliath. So we need to have him in here, you know. And, and the Apostle Paul, he, he challenged everybody. And so we need to have him in here. And we need to, you know, we, we think that the people in here were perfect, that they never messed up. They never had any sin. They never had any problem. They were just amazing. They just followed God perfectly and they never had an issue. What's really cool about God is when he put the people in this book, in the Bible, in his word, he actually allowed us to see the things that they're not good at too. It was a good thing because we can be encouraged by the fact that, okay, there's other people that have dragons too, even people in the Bible. And so I want to give you just a few examples. I brought him up already, King David. David had a dragon. You know what David's dragon was? You know what his sin was? The thing that constantly attacked him, constantly came after him. The thing that constantly tempted him to do something that God didn't want him to do. His dragon was lust. His dragon was lust. And what it ended up doing was David ended up having an affair with a married woman as a result of that. And as a result of that affair and as a result of giving in to his dragon... He actually ended up destroying his family, destroying his, basically his career, destroying his kids and their kids' kids, next several generations. And he ended up really splitting the kingdom of Israel as a result of all of this, not directly, but indirectly. All that destruction simply because he gave in to his big sin, his one dragon that he struggled with. But remember, David is one of those guys. He wrote a good portion of the book of Psalms. He is described in God's word as a man after God's own heart. So at some point, David, after this, 
figured out that he needed to slay his dragon. He needed God's power in his life to conquer what was conquering him. But that's just one example. Let me give you another couple examples. There's Cain and Abel, first brothers on the planet, right? These are, these are the two boys that are the sons of Adam and Eve, okay? Cain is the older brother, Abel's the younger. Cain had a dragon in his life, a sin that he constantly got him down. And we hear about that in God's word. He and uh, Abel were supposed to bring their offerings to God. And so they did, they bring their offerings. But the problem with Cain was his dragon was selfishness and jealousy. That was his dragon. He just, it always got him down. It always conquered him. And, And so when they brought the offerings, because of his selfishness, Cain did not want to give the offering that God needed him to give. And so he withheld a lot. He gave a little bit to God, but he didn't give what he was supposed to give. And Abel gave everything, the first and the best of what he had. He knew that that's what God wanted, and so he did that. Well, God looked with favor on Abel's offering, but not on Cain's. So Cain's selfishness turned then to jealousy against his brother. And then I won't go into all the details of that story, but that doesn't turn out well. Okay, again, because it was his dragon. Let me give you a couple other examples. Uh, one other example for sure, Saul. You guys remember, we've talked about Saul before. Saul was one of those guys, he had a dragon in his life. You know what his dragon was? His sin, his thing that always got him down. Um, this is not a... to know about the old testament and so he when jesus showed up he said there is no way i'm going to believe in jesus there's no way i'm accepting him there's no way i'm touching that guy no way in fact i am so sure and proud and stubborn with who i am i'm going to actually go after any christians who want to share the love of jesus with anybody else i'm going to try to get rid of them too he had an unbelievable set of pride in his heart against god And so we see this, but what's really cool is we all know the story. Saul eventually was confronted very dramatically with Jesus. And Saul ceased to become Saul, and he changed. He gave his life to Jesus. He surrendered his heart to to God. And as a result, he became Paul, and he ends up writing most of the New Testament, which is God's word. But there's no way he could have done it unless his dragon had been slain. He had to slay his dragon. Is that one thing that always got him down. I want to share one more. It's Jesus' story. Um, Jesus is walking on his way to Jerusalem, and there's going to be a guy that runs after him because, you know, that's what happens when you see Jesus. People would run after him and be like, oh, it's Jesus. I need to ask him a question. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm just telling you, if you see Jesus at the coffee shop, you need to go over there and start asking him questions because he's going to know the answers to everything you have, okay? I'm just telling you. So this is what people experience. Like when they see Jesus, they're like, whoa, I, can, I need to ask that guy a question. And so there's a guy that runs after him, and I want to read this. Uh, we're going to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to read this conversation that he has with this one guy, and it's going to bring out a dragon for this guy. But Mark chapter 10, starting with verse 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus gives a couple of different answers, but then he answers specifically that question. He says, Well, you know the Ten Commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely, which means lie. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. 
teacher, the man replied. I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So let me unpack this for just a minute. So Jesus is walking, and then there's this guy that runs up to him, and he has a really important question. It's a really good question. He says, you know, how do I inherit eternal life? Really what that is saying is, he wants to know, Jesus, how do I know that I'm good with God? That's what he's really trying to say, right? I mean, if you, if you kind of just twist that question and understand what he's trying to ask, what he's trying to say is, how do I know that my relationship with God is good? That my relationship with Jesus is good to go? That I'm, God and I, are, we're tight. How do I, how do I know this? And Jesus gives him the answer that he knows the man will probably expect. So Jesus says, well, you've heard of the Ten Commandments, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ten Commandments. And you can tell right away, and Jesus says, well, you need to do those. And right away, you can almost feel an, an air of relief come off the guy. He's like, oh, the Ten Commandments? Like, don't, don't cheat, don't steal, don't murder, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I haven't done any of that. Like, in fact, Jesus, guess what? I've done that since I was a little kid. Like, I mean, I've got those down. Those are set. I mean, you, we can check mark all of those, because I've lived according to those for, for a long time. And he's just like, whew. This is a load off of me. I'm good. God and I, we're good. But then notice what it says. Jesus, it says, Jesus loved him. Why does it say that? It's because we need to understand why Jesus brought up this next thing. Jesus says, okay, I know you've got that. But then there's this other thing. There's this dragon in your life. It's your money and your greed. So we need to tackle that. So Jesus tells him, I need you to sell all your stuff, give it to the poor, and then follow me, and then you'll be good. And what tragically happens at the end of this story is the man decides that the dragon is more important than God. And he's sad, and he walks away. Now, I don't know what ends up with this guy. If he eventually comes around, we don't know. We We never hear what happens. But at that point, that guy decides he wants his dragon more than he wants God. He chooses sin instead of God. And so we have this, this conundrum, this, uh, this, this spot here. And, and, and it's hard because Jesus brings this up. Now, let me, let me bring this up, okay? Now, uh, for all of you, you, you have to understand, we're not reading this story because God is asking all of us in here as Northridge to tomorrow call your realtor and make sure everything's gone and sell it and then give it to the board. And by the way, I just want to make an announcement all of us at Northridge, because Jesus has revealed this to us now, we're all going to live in Village Park right out here. We're going to set up a place so because uh, we're going to get rid of all of our stuff. And we're going to, you know, that's that's what God, that's what Jesus said, right? So that's what we need to do. Absurd, right? I mean, we, we know that that's not necessarily the case. Why did Jesus tell this guy to do that though? And by the way, he might be telling some of us in here to do that. He does tell people to do that. I have people that I've known in my life. I, I have. Several people that I've heard that have done this more than once where God said, sell everything and give it away and then watch what I do. I've had many people do this. So some of you, this might be true for you. 
But the reason Jesus brings it up to this guy is because he knows that's his dragon. He knows that's his issue. For some of us, if we had this conversation, if we put ourselves in this conversation, we ran up to Jesus, hey, Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I do this? The conversation would go differently. He'd say, Ten Commandments? Yeah, I got those. Good to go. Okay, now you need to do... And that's the one where you go, you either have the option because it's going to sting, it's going to hurt, it's going to hit right in the center of who you are. And you either have the choice to walk away like this guy did or to surrender and admit to Jesus, you're right, that's my dragon, I need to give it up. And so that, that's why it's hard this morning, isn't it? Let me ask a question. Why do we as people get frustrated at other people Especially when they were close to him, like members of our family, close friends, co-workers, whatever. Why do we get frustrated? Why do we get mad when they seem to keep making the same mistakes? Why do we get mad at them? Why do we get frustrated at them? Why do we get so upset at them? You know why? It's because they can't deal with their dragon. And all we say is, you just have to stop doing it. It's easy. I've never had to do that. And there's the key. We don't deal with their dragon And they're thinking the same thing about us and our dragon. See how that works? We look down on them for not dealing with X, Y, Z, whatever addiction they have, or this, that, and the other, or that they always lose their temper, they have an anger problem, or whatever the case is. But we also seem to ignore, not the elephant in the room, the dragon in the room. That thing that we always deal with, that they say, why can't they ever get rid of that? Why can't they defeat that? And we have these dragons. Now, why is this such a struggle? Why why is it that we cannot defeat sin? Why is it that we have such a hard time with this stuff? I mean, it's a good question. And uh, Ephesians tells us why. And this is a part of life that we don't talk about all that often. In fact, we don't like to talk about all that often. But I want to bring it up. Ephesians chapter 6 starting with verse 10, tells us why this is so difficult for us to conquer our sin, to conquer dragons in our life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. A final word. You can tell the Apostle Paul is going to say something important. He says, this is kind of wrapping it up. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. This is where he gets into why it's so difficult. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, people we can see, things we can see right in front of us, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. What this is saying is that all of us, we have struggles, we have difficulties in life. Okay? We have people that we struggle against. But what this is trying to tell us is, even though that person has a face, even though that phone call has, an Im- has a certain thing to it that is, is really getting us down, That is not the real issue. The real issue is that the enemy, the evil in this world that we cannot see, is trying to do whatever it can to destroy us. And one of the biggest ways that it does that is to use our dragon against us again and again 
and again. And the only way to get rid of the sin, the only way to get rid of that dragon is to kill it. It's the only way to do it is to slay that dragon. It's the only way to do it. And so what we're left with is, do we get rid of the dragon or don't we? You know, we have this conundrum because we have this fascination with the dragon, with this sin, with this thing. We, we haven't gotten rid of it because we kind of like it. We've gotten used to it. And so we have this dragon, but we've got to get rid of it. But the only way to do that is through God's power because the only thing that can get rid of a dragon is God's power. It's the only way to do it. Um, when I was a kid, I used to read this book, and I enjoyed this book a lot. It was just kind of one of those things that, you know, I liked a lot of different books, but this is one of those books, and the book is called The Hobbit. You guys have heard of The Hobbit? Most people have heard of The Hobbit just because they actually made a movie about it now. Um, you know, and, and I'm one of those that, you know, the movies were okay, but it really just ruined the book, is what it did. But I enjoy the movies, and I enjoyed, I, I, I still will watch the movies because, you know, it just kind of brings to life everything that I used to read as a kid. But The Hobbit, I bring this up because The Hobbit has a very amazing story. The whole story of The Hobbit, when you think about it, if you've seen the movies, if you've read the books, or if you've just heard about it, the whole story centers around a dragon that shows up and really destroys and pushes out um, uh, these creatures, dwarves, from the Lonely Mountain. You can tell it's a real story, right? All right? And so this dragon arrives at this place called the Lonely Mountain. It's where the dwarves live, and, and they have this amazing life. They, they have their families, they have their possessions, they have their land, they have a good trading economic situation with the town uh, down just off the mountain. They have this amazing, amazing life. And then the dragon comes in and, and destroys everything. Kills some of their family members. They, have to, they literally have to run, they have to leave the mountain, they have to leave their homes, they have to leave their families. Everything is destroyed. And so the whole story of the Hobbit, now we get lost in like, you know, the Hobbit and dragons and, and, and big spiders and everything else that's in the book. Okay, we get lost in all the stuff, which is probably why I enjoyed reading it, right? But we get lost in all that. But essentially the whole story, the whole focus of the story is about this group trying to reclaim the life that was lost. The whole story of The Hobbit is this group trying to reclaim this life that they lost. The life that they were created for. The life that they've always known. The truth is, the same is true of all of us. We all have a dragon. We all have a dragon in our lives. But, and you guys knew I was going to ask this question before, as soon as I started, didn't you? And this, the question for all of us in here is this. What is your dragon? As soon as I told you what the dragon was, probably all of you in here knew what it was. You already knew what your dragon was. Because really there's only two, sometimes more if you've let it out, but usually only two people that know your dragon, you and God, generally. Because we don't like people to know that. If we love money a ton, and it's keeping us from God, it's not, that's not something that we share. Hey, I am greedy. I want as much money as I can, and I'll take, do anything I can to take it from you. I mean, we don't like offer that. We don't put it on the board. This describes me. Woo! 
We don't show people our dragons, right? Because they, they don't, they're not becoming of us. Now, we love them enough, and so we keep them around, but we keep them hidden. So the question is, what is your dragon? What is that one thing that constantly conquers you? What's that one thing in your life that you've never been able to get rid of? What's that one thing in your life that you know, man, I've wanted to defeat that for so long, but I've never done it because I love it too much or because I don't know how to get rid of it? What's that thing that's destroying you? Because here's the deal. Let me, let me just throw out some possibilities. Maybe this is your dragon. Money. Greed. Gossip. Maybe you, maybe you would never let anybody know, but you love talking about other people, especially when they fail. Makes you feel good. You would never tell people that, but you, it does. It makes you feel good when you gossip about others. Maybe that's your dragon. Pornography. Lust. After someone or something. Gambling. Alcohol. Drugs. Fear. Lack of faith. A love of power. Maybe you just love power. Love of success. Doubt. Bitterness. Maybe hatred for somebody or something. Maybe an anger issue. Every one of us in here has a dragon. You know what it is. God knows what it is. That might be the only two in the universe that know. But everybody has a dragon and everybody knows what it is. Everybody had a piece of paper this morning on your chair. I need you to get that out. And you had a piece of, and you had a pen. This is one of those things that you're not going to enjoy. It's kind of like going to the dentist. <laughs> it's not something that we enjoy. We're like, yes, I love that. I love trying to talk when they're like, hey, how are you doing today? I, I, uh, you know, how many enjoy that? I love that. It's a great part of the whole day with the dentist. Okay, you're not going to enjoy this. This is not going to be enjoyable. But it's something that's necessary to keep us healthy. And in this case, healthy spiritually, healthy, healthy relationally, because it's something that we have to deal with. I want to invite the worship team up, the worship band up. Go ahead and come up, guys. We're going to do things just slightly differently today. Because this, this is just something that God has been wrestling with me on, and I know He wants to wrestle with you on. But very simply put, the question is, what is your dragon? In a few moments, I'm going to pray. And after that prayer, I'm going to ask you to just keep your eyes closed. And we're going to take a few moments. I'm not going to talk. I'll have a little bit of music going, but we're not going to do anything for a few moments. Not for very long, just a few moments. So after I pray, and I want you to honestly just allow God to speak to you right now. Trust me, when God speaks and when you listen, it's a scary deal. But it's a necessary deal. If you're here and you're saying you don't have a dragon, then you're lying. 
If you're lying to yourself, then you're lying to God. If you're here and you know what your dragon is, and we all do, then the question is, what are you going to do about it? And I want you to deal with the dragon. So several of you already last week, I think, were thinking of the dragon and you, uh, we haven't even talked yet and we're going to talk about the dragon. So maybe, maybe this is already in motion, but for most of us, it's not. What is that one thing that's, that, that's getting you? Because here's the deal. If you don't slay the dragon, this is what the dragon is doing to you. It's destroying you. It's, kill, it's killing you. It's destroying your marriage, even though you may not feel it yet. It's destroying your marriage. It's destroying your family. It's destroying your children's lives, even though you don't see it yet. It is. It's destroying your relationships. It's destroying your relationship with God. It's keeping you from God. It's a barrier between you and Christ. So I'm not going to tell you what to do with your paper this morning. I'll give, I'm going to give you a few options. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I want you to do what God wants you to do. Maybe the most significant thing that you can do with your paper is you're going to write down the dragon on that paper. And that would be significant for you because that makes it real to you. That, that is admitting to God and to yourself that there's a dragon in my life. There's a dragon in the room and I need to acknowledge it. And I need to do something about it. So maybe you just write down your dragon. I know that's scary. You don't have to parade it around. Just write it down. Okay? Whatever it is. Maybe you want to write down, maybe you've known that you need to talk to a certain person or go to a certain group or, or seek help from a certain place. And you know, have known that for years. You've known that. Maybe on this piece of paper you write down what that is and you're going to commit to do that this week. You write down that person. You write down that step. You write down what you're going to do. Because if you don't write it down, chances are it's not going to happen. You're just going to live with your dragon. And it'll destroy you and everybody around you. Maybe this is a really scary option, but we had several that did this last week. I was not quite prepared for this, honestly, because we didn't set it up this way. But some of you may want to use this like a connect card. And you want to write on there and say, hey, this is who I am. I just need to talk about my dragon. Maybe you don't even want to put your dragon on there. That's fine. And you say, you want to contact and you want me to, to contact you and we talk about it. Some of you maybe need to do that. Because you just need to get it out in the open to be done with it. Some of you, that's a scary proposition. But if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm just throwing it out there. Whatever God is telling you to do, you need to do it. So I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, we're going to spend a few moments where I just want you to keep your eyes closed. And I just want you to do what you need to do with that piece of paper and what God is telling you to do. I dare you to slay the dragon today. Especially the ones that they need to go away a long time ago. So let's pray. And we'll spend a few moments. And then we'll wrap it up. Lord Jesus. pray that you would help people to be bold today, to be courageous, to be honest. God, whatever you need to tell them to do right now, I pray that they would do it. Help them to respond to you. We're going to listen, God. 
May you just speak to us. Help us to know what our dragon is. Help us to deal with it. As we just sit here in silence, God, and we just listen for your voice, may you speak to us and may we listen to you. Lord, I pray that whatever people heard from you or whatever they wrote down or whatever they need to do, I pray that they would do it. Not hesitate, not be scared. I pray they would do it. And may we give you the glory and honor for it. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So... My encouragement to you is just whatever you know God wants you to do, do it. Do it right away. Otherwise, the dragon will just stay and live there and destroy you. But what I want to do is I want to turn the corner a bit, and I want to end a little bit on a higher note, because I know today was intense. I know. I knew it would be. I knew last week was intense. But I want to celebrate with our final song today because I really believe, and in fact, I already know that this has happened because of first service, and I believe that it's happening here too, but, but I, I want you to know that God is going to destroy some dragons today. As long as you're open to it, as long as you're open to it, God's going to destroy some dragons because God's word says nothing is impossible for God, that anything is possible with God, with God's power, anything's possible. In other words, he is unstoppable. God is unstoppable. No matter what you're dealing with, whatever dragon, God is bigger than that. And so I want to just spend the last minute, minute or two here celebrating, and we're going to worship God, and we are going to celebrate the fact that God is unstoppable, and we're going to sing. And, uh, and that's what this song is all about. So you kind of get the words when you do that. So let's make this a celebration now for the people who are going to get rid of their dragons today. I think that this will be a date that you will remember. If your dragon goes away today, if you've committed to that, this will be a date that you remember. I slayed my dragon on that day. So let's sing and let's celebrate it because there's nothing more significant. Let's stand and celebrate.